Welcome to The Bridge. Fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Bridge. We are a show that connects East and West. My name is Jason. I am from San Francisco, California in the United States, although I am now living here in beautiful Wuhan, China. And you can call me by my Chinese name if you prefer, Shangguan Jiewen. And we are here today with... Baby. And baby, where are you? <laughs> Hi, I am in Beijing, my favorite city in the world. Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars. Suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share, email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We love the bridge. Hello, baby. How are you today? I'm good. Hey, Jason. How are you doing? I'm wonderful. Today, we're going to be talking about medicine, hospitals, and health, the differences and similarities between the U.S. and China. That's a huge topic. Do we have, what, like 10 hours for that? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Or more. I actually wanted to start with hot water. Hot water? As you might. Oh. Because that's something I I noticed coming to China was oh yeah uh, don't you can't drink cold water that's got bad for you why are you drinking don't put ice in that oh my gosh why do you so have ice in your drink you've probably heard that about like what ten thousand times by now <laughs> I also noticed that my work they have like a water machine and there's a side for right. co- cold water it should be chilled the machine is capable of chilling the water right and the other side is hot but they've disabled the cold side so that it's lukewarm <laughs> you can have lukewarm or hot that's right if we you know the foreign the expat we try to turn it back on when a day or two someone has disabled <laughs> it again so it's like no you're not even is it frustrating it's well you know we just got over it okay it's guess we're just drinking hot water because that's all that's available right well i actually don't even know that you can chill the water like in the water cooler i guess you call it the water cooler we call it what the water heater yeah 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 because yeah, we use it to drink tea and even if like when we're not drinking tea we're used to uh you know just warm water i think it's something that you get used to Mm. because when i lived in the states you know i actually got used to drinking cold water um or like just Mm. uh, Mm. other soft drinks right soft drinks that's got to be cold and then you get used to that but i I noticed that after i came back you know after um a year or Mm. so Mm. that i'm back on hot water and it just feels right yeah, there's comfort in warmth, you know, Jason? I don't know if you are, like, onto this thing yet, or are you still, like, your cold water habit? <laughs> I have those plastic ice makers that I put in the freezer, and I have to change them every day. Um, My mom's house, you just push a button, and ice mm-hmm. just comes out of the machine, you know? Right. But I have to make it here. But, you know, when I'm in, like, at work or wherever, it's like, okay, I guess I'm having hot water. But it's okay. I have a coffee, and I have tea, and those are hot, so mm-hmm. it's kind of fine. Mm-hmm. But I also notice it's it's like, yeah. oh, you have a cold. You should have some hot water. Oh, you have a flu. You should have water. You know, you <laughs> right. hurt your back. You mm-hmm. know, try some hot water for that. Mm-hmm. So it seems to be like a cure-all. And I think it's tied to this idea of chi, which I still don't understand. Hmm. Do you have any idea what this chi thing is? I think it's, um. well, there are a couple things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one of the most important thing is that um uh, about circulation, my own understanding, right? Things circulate a little better. When the temperature is a little higher, Mm. you know how like everything just kind of gels 
And then, you know, they stay still when it's cold. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And if it's really cold, imagine the blood in your veins or whatever tunnels <laughs> filled with liquid that's trying to transport things, like transport nutrients around your body. And especially, you know, if you're, well, you're not, but as a female, you know, there are times when you want to make sure that everything is oh, circulating fine. And that you don't really want to touch anything that's really cold mm. so that blood stops going where they're supposed to go. Mm. So I think that's one point about circulation. And also, I think in Western culture, I think people exercise mm -hmm. a bit more. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a... I don't know, really, I'm not sure. It's a greater part of the culture. Not re really? Well... Maybe on the East Coast. <laughs> <laughs> or L or LA. Okay. In San Francisco, people are very like, oh man, I'm just gonna chill and stuff, whatever. <laughs> but you guys have the beach. Yeah. See? You go mm. on the beach and that's a way of exercising. You walk around, you surf a little bit. Um, but in general, I think you see more people jogging mm. and uh cycling. Right. There is a stronger understanding of the benefits of exercising. And I, my understanding, I don't know the science behind it. One benefit of exercising is that it like gets your blood circulating. Mm -hmm. Right. And then it, it just the transportation of nutrients. <laughs> it's smoother and faster and it reaches uh, more places. And I think that's one of the things about Chinese culture that they want to keep you warm so that things keep circulating. I know. I know when I'm sick, I don't I obviously like the warmth. Mm. I I usually, when I'm very healthy, feeling very healthy, I like the AC on, mm -hmm. or I like it very cool. Mm. But as soon as I feel even a little bit sick, warmth feels comforting, and like mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to be without my blanket right. or the hot chicken soup. So there is a similarity. It's like maybe it's just the form that heat is actually brought into the body is just mm. culturally dissimilar. But the idea of being warm mm -hmm. when one is not feeling well is also kind of the same. And also, I have to mention diet. You know, the diet mm -hmm. between, um, let's say the US and China is, I mean, it's very different. And in general, there's more meat content, right? In Western diet, meat and cheese. Mm -hmm. And these mm -hmm. offer a mm -hmm. lot of mm -hmm. energy, a lot of calories, a lot of energy and mm -hmm. energy that's like heat. You know, my understanding is mm -hmm. because you, um, guys in general consume more like higher calories, especially like, you know, red meat, beef steak and all that hamburgers. You need mm -hmm. things to cool off a little bit. You know about the cool and heat systems, right? So, um, but in China, mm -hmm, people, mm -hmm. like, we eat a bit more vegetables. You know, we have our mm -hmm. grains, right, rice and noodles. And then there are dishes of mainly vegetables, maybe slices of meat. I mean, in certain parts of China, um, like, say, in Mongolia, Inner Mongolia, people mainly eat a lot of cheese and meat, not as ve much vegetables. Oh, really? I'm going there. I'm so excited to yeah, go. Yeah, if you go to Inner <laughs> Mongolia now, I'm, I'm on my way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So in those cultures, um, you know, maybe they, they want something cooler mm. to cool off their system. But if your diet is mainly vegetables and then you drink a lot of cold things, I, I feel like that's going to just like um, distinguish the fire or something. <laughs> like the fire, the sources of energy. So I think everything, you know, there are different elements that play into this. And diet is one of them. Um, and also exercise habit. In Taoism, they have this uh, five-pointed star where each part it represents a different set of organs and a way of being he healthy. Mm. And they also are associated with like mm -hmm. 
different kinds of foods and different kinds of temperatures and different colors. Right. I think that actually the, the explanation that you just gave me is probably the best explanation I've ever had. Really? About like the chi. Yeah. Mm. I've been asking for years. So thank you for clarifying a lot of that. I haven't really thought about it in that way. Mm. But also, I think that there's something in this, uh, this Taoism, an ancient way of uh, protecting your health that's still everywhere. It's ubiquitous with Chinese culture. Mm-hmm. And so there's like, oh, okay. Oh, your mm. liver hurts. Maybe you should have more or less garlic. I actually don't know. But I know that di- different foods are associated <laughs> with like different, oh, that part of you hurts. Right. You need to eat less of this, mm. more of that, and wear, and wear this color. <laughs> so um, and the whole thing is really, really complex. Um, but there are mm. uh, certain, I guess, um, things that we grew up with, you know, things that your grandma would tell you, like not to mm-hmm, eat at mm-hmm. certain times or that you should eat at certain, you know, other times. So you're sick, you're supposed to eat this and that. Um, but I think one mm. concept that you're probably familiar by now is um, this, uh, you know, sometimes they'll say, oh, that's too cold for your body or that's too much. Mm-hmm. That will bring too much heat to your body. Shanghua. Mm-hmm. I think that's a concept that a mm-hmm. lot of uh, foreigners um, don't really quite get. Are you familiar with mm-hmm. that term? Shanghua. I'm, I'm familiar with the idea. The heat is going up or too much heat in your system. Mm. You know, when you, uh, let's say you've been eating hot chili pepper dishes for days. Mm-hmm. And then after a few days, you might feel like, you know, I'm like drying up or you feel you have canker sores Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, in your mouth and uh, your lips are getting red, especially around the edges. And then your grandma will, you know, come over and say, ah, too much hot chili. You You have too much heat in your system. And then you should eat some uh, like bitter melon. You should drink some green tea um, and other things to chill you off. Not as in like temperature wise, but just in the general like feel of your system like chemistry yeah something like cheat like you have too much fire in you basically that's what they're saying There are a lot of like um, things that handed down in U.S. culture too that may or may not make sense. Like, let's have okay, you're sick, you need to have hot chicken soup. Mm. I don't know. There doesn't seem to be any science to back that up. <laughs> you know, but like a lot of people will. Oh, I, I'm sick. I need to have some hot chicken soup. Mm-hmm. It's time to maybe lay off the pizza and mm-hmm. like have more stew, mm-hmm. stew hot soups, things like that. So like they have a lot of you know. I wouldn't say as much of a history. It's it's a much shorter history, but there's a lot of ideas like, Mm. oh, you need to have a lot of vitamin C. Mm. I have a cousin on my mother's side who's a nurse and she was like, you know, there's not actually a lot of evidence that, you know, vitamin C actually makes you Mm. healthier when you're sick. Mm -hmm. It's just one of those things that people feel comfortable with. Mm -hmm. So, oh, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to have a cold. I'm going to drink orange juice. That's, that's a big thing in American culture. I remember what I was working, I worked in New York for two years and one of my coworker was from Korea and he once said that Mm -hmm. whenever I don't feel good, like no matter matter what it is <laughs> and my grandma would always tell me oh it's time for some kimchi soup it fixes everything <laughs> so i think that's a little bit like you know chicken soup and also i think maybe the more important mm-hmm, part mm-hmm. is not what you put in the soup but actually that the what you're consuming is contains more liquid than solid because when you are sick let's say you have a cold mm-hmm. your body wants to rest yeah, yeah and your yeah. body doesn't just contain muscles and other things it contains your organs and you, our organs function 24 hours a day like day in day out and there are times when mm. when you're weak your organs are weak too like your your stomach doesn't really want to 
churn or you know work as hard mm -hmm. and if you consume meat you know like heavy meat or a lot of uh, heavy other food it'll have to work harder and that's exhausting so if it's soup is it just yeah it just go down <laughs> that does seem like to be a similarity and also the temperature thing hot water hot soup mm. but here's something that is both similar and dissimilar mm. in where, where i'm from in my family the people i know um when they get a cold for example mm -hmm. a lot of people want to eat more onions more garlic and more spicy food to make your like uh to make you feel hot huh. to like increase your heat right. make you sweat a little bit because the, the idea oh if your like body temperature is raised mm then you're going to uh, fight the cold off better. Mm -hmm. But every time I've gone to the doctor in China and I've had a cold, they say, yeah, make sure you drink lots of hot water mm. and don't eat any spicy foods. <laughs> right. So it seems like the, you know, the idea of having a higher chi is like the same kind of, but the idea of spicy food specifically mm. is kind of different. Whereas mm. in China, it's like, oh, don't do that. It's going to agitate your throat or whatever. Mm. Whereas in the West, they're like, oh, yeah, you should have more because it's going to make you sweaty. And I can see <laughs> question marks over your head. <laughs> I think like even with uh, a cold, there are different kinds of colds, I would say. Mm, mm, mm. Like um, if you go to uh, your grandmother here in China or if you go to a doctor, they will ask you, you know, how you got your cold. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Is it because, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes the little kids, mm -hmm. they play too long in the wintertime outside and they actually got the cold from a chill. Mm. There is colds from chills and there are colds from um, or at least similar systems that you got from other things like little kids if they ate too much. It's possible that they will, you know, have a fever mm -hmm. and they will get sick mm -hmm. and the symptoms might seem very similar to, you know, a cold. So as a parent, you know, I have a seven year old and as a parent, I have to kind of try to find out, you know, why, what, what kind of cold it is. And mm. um, whenever I feel like I think her cold this time is from, you know, having spent too much time outdoors when it's uh, wet and cold. And then what I would do is late at night, maybe sometimes I would slice up a few slices of ginger. Mm -hmm. And put it at the bottom of her feet. Really? And then put socks over them. Wow. Because you know how your feet, if it, yeah, if your feet stick out when you have that kind of cold mm. and when your body just needs more heat, you know, to restore energy. And then ginger, ginger has yeah. this um, effect. You know, ginger has a lot of heat. So, um, is it, you know, if you put it near your skin for a while, it kind of will burn a little bit, you know? So that will, and you put socks over, I put socks over her feet and that will make sure that, um, you know, she gets enough warmth even at night. And uh, so in, for that type of cold, this works really well. I add something to that. Really interesting. Sure. I learned this a few years ago while I was in China. Mm. I'm not, it's not something Chinese. Actually, I just read it on the internet somewhere. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you eat garlic, you get garlic breath. It's in your blood, actually. It's right. not in your uh, di digestive system. Exactly. If you rub garlic on your feet, this is true. You can, tr any, our listeners can try this at home. Mm. If you rub garlic on your, on the bottom of your feet profusely, mm. you will get garlic breath. <laughs> It's true. It is true. Okay. It enters into your blood through your feet. This is true. It travels. Yeah. It does. But garlic is good for you, though. It's very good. I mean, it smells, but it's, it's good for you. And it's amazing. See, when it comes to Chinese medicine, I think one of the most uh, essential difference between Chinese medicine and Western medicine, you know, from my, the little bit of understanding that I have, is that Chinese medicine consider it's more holistic. Mm -hmm. You know, it considers your whole system mm -hmm. and beyond your whole 
whole system, like as in your whole body.、Mm-hmm. Um, it can go beyond that and to you know considering elements from the、uh, you know external factors,、mm-hmm. right? How the universe works and how that affects you.、Mm. Um, but Western medicine kind of tackles the problem like head on, right? You have a problem with your kidney, then let's get there. You know, let's see what's wrong. <laughs> um, but Chinese medicine, they'll ask you, you know, you go in for one problem, and they'll seem to ask you questions that's totally unrelated、mm. in your mind. It's like unrelated to you, but they need to find out how your、um, the different elements of your body are working together.、Mm-hmm. Um, I remember one time my daughter's aunt, so my husband's sister, she has some pain in her like left shoulder,、mm-hmm. um, and it was too much, so she went to the hospital and she went to a Chinese doctor,、mm-hmm. and the Chinese doctor did acupuncture <laughs> on her right foot. <laughs> and she was like, "Wait, wait, wait! It's my left shoulder." <laughs> and the doctor is like, "Yeah, I know." <laughs> mm-hmm. And but you know, he he did it the the silver needles and certain pressure points, and her shoulder was you know fixed, problem gone. That's a, that's a great story. I'd like to tell you a story.、Um, sure. I was in Beijing. It was like two or three days before we left to move to Wuhan earlier this year, and I'm a little overweight. So、mm. my wife's uncle, he's very good at acupuncture,、oh. and he stuck eight needles in me for I don't know about fifteen <laughs> or twenty minutes,、uh-huh. and I was like, oh, okay, sure, you know, I'll try it, whatever, you know. <laughs> And then I actually lost ten kilograms over the next month or two. Wait, 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 wait. wait. It was a it, yeah, not a joke. Um, wait, did you do it once or did you have to go back one time? Really? Wait, what else did? You, yeah, really. What else did you do though? Like, did that, you that go on a diet afterwards? I, I felt motivated to not eat as much. It was just like, oh, okay, you know, I'm just not as hungry now. You lost your appetite. Yeah, I think a little bit. <laughs> not, I didn't lose my appetite.、Okay. I just didn't feel like having an entire pizza. <laughs> I、mm. was like, I'll have some pizza. Okay. It was yeah. I, maybe it was psychosomatic. I don't know, but it definitely had an effect. Wow.、Um, I'd actually like to tell another story. Sure. This was when I first met my wife. I was in her hometown. I don't know. One year after I had moved to China,、mm-hmm. I was sick. I had a cold, and her mom was like, "Oh, you need to drink this kind of tea." And I was like, "Sure,、mm. whatever." I think it's <laughs> it's called bailangan.、Uh, yeah, bailangan. Yeah, we gr- everybody in China knows this. Yes, we always take that. I know my own system, and I know when a cold is coming on, and probably how long it's going to last. And after I drank this tea, it was. Was like、mm-hmm. one or two days, I was completely fine, and I and I was like, "This is not normal. I should be sick for like <laughs> five or six more days." Wow. Okay, so let me tell you a little bit about balangan because the amazing thing is that it tastes all right, right? The one you had, it's sweet.、Mm, I love it. I actually I could drink it instead of coffee sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, because this is one of the rare cases when Chinese medicine actually tastes okay, like not、mm. as yucky as just like bark and. Roots, <laughs> and that's why it works for little kids. And I remember, you know, when I was little, we didn't have a lot of junk food.、Mm, that、mm. was like forty years ago, right?、Mm. So we were always, you know, hungry for candy.、Um, and I remember one time,、mm. um, I wanted candy, and my mom. Maybe I was a little sick. I'm not too sure because it's known to prevent. It's better at preventing you getting a cold than curing it. And I remember one time, my mom just gave me a little cube of balangan, and I still remember. I have the image of me mm, licking mm. that cube and enjoying. 
enjoying it because <laughs> it's like it's, it tastes like brown sugar. <laughs> and I think the reason why it works better for you this time because you've never had it. You know, it, it was the first time mm. that whatever elements that were in the medicine got into your system. So they started ta- attacking things <laughs> or they started working and everything is a lot more effective. Mm. But, you know, that's just my guess. Well, there's n- it's not even just that. There are a lot of Chinese medicines that are really effective. I'd like our listeners in the States to hear about. Mm. There's one more in particular. In the U.S., when you have a uh, cough, like your throat is agitated and you can't stop coughing, you take something called Robitussin. And it's because there's a drug inside, I think it's called dextromethorphan, and it's a neuro inhibitor that stops your brain from recognizing that your throat wants to cough. So it makes you stop coughing. It's a very strong drug and actually in huh. too high of a dose, it has mm. adverse effects. It can be even a psychedelic. Mm. But there's a Chinese cough medicine. It's like a syrup. I'm not sure what it's called. Uh-huh. But my wife buys it for me when I have a cough. Mm. It doesn't have any like active drug ingredient in it, mm. but it coats your throat in such a way that you don't feel like coughing. And it works a lot faster and better, in my opinion, than like Is it Robitussin does. Pipagol? I'm not actually sure. It evolves a kind of fruit. This is another one of those items that has been in China for like ever. Right? We've been using it since we were little. Um, one, There's one kind of fruit in China. It's called pipa. Mm. And they have it in Wuhan because I remember on my way to school, this was back in elementary school, mm-hmm. I would pass one courtyard that has one of those pipa trees in it. Mm. And a certain season, I don't, don't remember when, these fruit would be hanging and one branch would be hanging outside the mm-hmm. courtyard and we will all be trying to get some. <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a nice fruit and it's known to be very good for your throat. Couple other, Luohan, Luohanguo, that's another fruit and we take them when it's, you know, you dry them. Mm. It's just, it looks like a round ball, like smaller than a baseball. Mm-hmm. And when you want to take it, you kind of break it off and there is uh, the skin, which is all dry, like a piece of bark. And then there's seeds inside. And you take a little bit of that and soak it in water. And uh, pipa, lohanguo, and also like other kinds of uh, things that are known to be good for your throat. You can take those. Mm. Um, so they And also pears, you know, pears from the fall season. Mm. Um, and they are very good for calming your lungs. Because mm-hmm. when you cough, it's because there's some dirty stuff in your lungs. Mm-hmm. And your body actually just want to expel yeah. those things. So the, the cough is not the problem. It's the dirty things in your lungs that's the problem. Mm. So that's why sometimes, you know, they don't want you to take those um, cough medicines. Cough suppressants, yeah. Yeah, just want to suppress your cough because then all the dirty stuff gets, you know, they get trapped. Stuck in there. In your lungs. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So what in, in China, what they would do is they take herbal medicines or teas that like cleanses your lungs. Mm. And even if you keep on coughing for a little bit, that, you know, gets those stuff out and eventually your lungs will get cleaned. And that's the root of the problem. Mm. And speaking of cough, maybe Maybe I'm a little, um, I know a little bit more about this because I get this terrible cough uh, in the fall season. Mm. And it started about two or three years ago when the environment got better. <laughs> See, that's the funny thing. <laughs> because we talked a little bit about this last time. Mm. I, and my reasoning is because they've been planting all these like mm-hmm. uh, plants and grass mm-hmm. in maybe northern northern China or around us just all over. Mm-hmm. Then there are all these. And you're allergic to one of yeah, them. Yeah, there are all these seeds from grass that I'm allergic to. I find it interesting that you say it's in the fall because Beijing has a very popular mm. thing that happens, well-known things that 
happens in this late spring. Ah, oh, willow tree. Where the, I think it's poplar trees let go of all of the white fuzzy pollen. You, you, so you don't have a reaction to that. Is that right? No, that's fine. Because it's they're just annoying. That is like, it's crazy. Some of the, <laughs> you can scoop it up on the ground. It's like snow. Yes. There's so much of it. It's like snow. I know. Well, sometimes they actually inject what's uh, sterile like medicine into those trees mm-hmm. so that they won't produce seeds. <laughs> it's kind of weird. The government's actually <laughs> slowly uh, replacing them with other trees. Some of them. Because people find it right. a little bit agitating. It's also highly flammable. <laughs> Have you ever, uh, you can pick it up in a ball. Is it flammable? Oh my gosh. And if you don't squish it down, if you don't compact it, mm-hmm. you can take a lighter and light it and it'll burst into flames. Like, oh my gosh. It's very highly flammable. I don't think it's actually caused any. I did not know that. It's, it's amazing. You should try it, but be careful. <laughs> All right. No, no, no. I shouldn't try it. <laughs> but see, in Asian culture, we like willow mm, trees. Mm. I mean, they're they beautiful, are, yeah. right? And they're very feminine and they sway their branches. Uh, usually they're, mm. they grow near ponds. Like we have a lot in, in the uh, community. So I guess we are okay. Like we put up with it because the trees are beautiful, <laughs> but it is a problem. Another thing about willow trees and medicine, actually, mm-hmm. I believe aspirin comes from the bark of willow trees. Really? If you don't, if you can't get a hold of aspirin mm-hmm. and there's a willow tree present, you can take some of the bark off and boil it. You can just go chew the <laughs> You can boil it and drink the liquid and it acts as as the same exact way aspirin acts. Wow. Okay. See, um, that's another thing since we're talking about medicine and I, don't quite remember what we were talking about before we were talking about willow trees. <laughs> um, but when it comes to painkillers, mm. you know how, like I noticed when I first, um, lived in the States, how easily people would, mm-hmm. um, resort to taking painkillers. I remember back in high school, um, like one time this girl uh, from my class and uh, she's like, Oh, I think I'm going to have a headache. Uh, somebody has like aspirin. What's the other one? Ty- Tylenol? Well, she was asking... The Tylenol, yeah. Nuprin, Ibuprofen. Wow. Yeah, there's so many right. different kinds. See, I only know these two kinds. So she was asking for a painkiller before the onset of a headache. Well, now I guess it makes sense, right? You want to do it sooner. But at that time, I was like, what? She's asking for a painkiller? And it's, you know, she looks fine. Because in Chinese culture, there's a saying that mm. no matter what the medicine is, like 30% of it is poison. <laughs> like, meaning at, at least... 30% of his poison. Really? Well, you don't take medicine, you know, for fun. But I mm. didn't feel that uh, while I was living in the States. Like, people were much more um, tolerant of um, taking just different kinds of pills. Like, in, in Chinese culture, I remember one time, my partner, my radio partner, like, we were doing a live radio show. And it happened to be one of those days in her month. And we were just, you know, talking like we would do mm-hmm. slowly. I saw that, you know, her facial expression started to change mm-hmm. and she started to uh, lose color. Like her face became really rather pale. Wow. And then just 30 seconds later, she was on the ground. <laughs> like she literally had to turn her mic off and she was like all bent over and, and sweating just in pain. You obviously haven't been through that. No. But when it happens, yeah, sometimes it's just in a matter of a few minutes and then you are like out of control even in cases like that mm-hmm. she refused to take a painkiller can you imagine because wow the idea is that first of all 
um, you you can become rather dependent on these things, right? Next time, they will rather mm-hmm. yeah, you conquer can. it psychologically. Like they know that it won't last forever. But I'm just kind of highlighting the difference when it comes to drugs. Well, number one, you're right. It's absolutely true that uh, ibuprofen, for example, which I'm going to follow up with another story about it, is very bad for you. And if you take keep taking it for more than a couple of days or more than a few pills, it can be very, very bad for your liver and for your kidneys. Oh. And it can actually mm-hmm. cause liver damage. Mm. Um, but as long as you only take like once in a while, once mm-hmm. every month or so, mm-hmm. it's actually, it's okay in a very small dose. Mm-hmm. I noticed that my wife is very much like the story that you're telling when mm-hmm. about once a month, she starts calling out, you know, mm-hmm. in excruciating pain. <laughs> and so oh, I, I brought the I, this American idea to her. Hey, mm-hmm. here you go. Have two ibuprofens and drink a bunch of water. Right. And it mm-hmm. does make her feel a lot better. She won't think of to do it mm-hmm. by herself ever. Mm-hmm. It's every time I'm like, you know, okay, she's crying in the bedroom or whatever. Oh. Like, okay, here's some ibuprofen. And she's like, yes, just give me anything. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm kind of like forcing her to take on this habit. But she doesn't take them except when I give them to her. So it hasn't mm. become an addiction. And she probably yeah. struggled a little bit at the beginning because the idea of becoming dependent um, or, you know, on drugs mm. um, is something we, we are not used to. You know, it's, we are, I guess mm. in China, people are a lot more conscious about taking medicine in general. Mm. And also, can I just offer some suggestions? Sure. I mean, I don't know her cases exactly, but, um, soybeans, Huangdou, you know, soybeans, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. soybeans has, um, it's known to offer your body estrogen. I think that's how you say it. That's the female. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you can get it from tofu. Yeah, you get it from tofu because tofu is made from soybeans. And also we drink a lot of, uh, uh, soy milk in, in Chinese culture. Mm -hmm. And I found that to be, uh, wonderful, at least for me. Mm -hmm. Now I've already, I've always known it. Right. People would tell you, ah, oh, you know, um, for females, drink more soy milk. It's good for you. But for the past few decades, I knew it, but I didn't really pay attention to it because who mm. wants to grind up soybeans every day and make soy milk? Right. Um, <laughs> but now that I'm, well, you can just buy it in a car. Um, yeah. But you know, I, I, I don't have that where I live in Wuhan. It's, it's different. You can get it every, everywhere. And also every time you buy it, you know, you throw away a, a plastic cup and for me that's like that's enough to stop me from buying it but that's just me anyhow so um but as i get older i notice that like my estrogen levels or this kind of hormone is getting less and less i mean that's how it usually works right Mm. and that's how you you know you get old and things don't function as well Mm. so for the past few months i've been very diligent i bought this uh soy milk maker and they're very easy to buy in china um we used to have one but that one was bigger it was bigger and heavier so hard to clean and that kind of stopped me from from using it now there are all these lighter ones like uh 200 mil 400 mil you can make um, just for one cup or two cups, very easy to use. And so I started using that every, well, almost every day. Um, you soak some soybeans and 30 minutes later, you have your, um, freshly made soy milk. Mm. And the thing with, um, food, like n- power from food, nutrients from food and Chinese medicine is that it takes a little bit of time. It's like these very small doses every day. Think about taking medicines, very, very, very small doses every day, but you keep taking it day after day, day after day after day. And after a few months or maybe less than that, you know, you'll start to see results. So with Chinese type of uh, medicine and also diet, you need to be patient. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And, but I, I have been and I see results. Um, at least for me, who has, um, naturally low level of estrogen. I've been drinking freshly made soy milk and it, it, it works. <laughs> Let's just say it works. Um, I don't know about your wife's case. Maybe she can, you know, do some blood tests to see if it's too low or too high. But as you get older, the, your level of, um, this hormone that you need will drop. And it's, I think it works. It's nice to balance it with your diet. And also um, brown sugar, like brown sugar water helps um, that time of mm-hmm. the month. It, it offers you heat. So warms things, warm your, you know, different organs mm. up. And so things run smoother. Sorry, too much like details. No, 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 no. That's, that's a lot. That's great. I'm sure that a lot of people <laughs> listening at home are thinking, oh, I'm going to try that soon. But I want to kind of pivot a little bit to something else related to uh, females. And that is pregnancy and birth. Mm. Now, in the U.S., Unless you work for a very large company, there's actually no maternity leave. And I wanted to talk about, I, I just read about, How? A, I know, exactly. Well, actually, I have a coworker here in Wuhan and she's from, um, South Africa, I think. Mm. And she, she went back to work like five days after giving birth. No, but way. I wanted to, br- well, yeah, I wanted to talk about this. And two, there's so many things to cover. This could be its own topic unto itself. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if we can still pivot to it in something else. Sure. What people may not know in the U.S. and elsewhere is that for a lot of Chinese ladies, they stay home for a very long time in two different respects. There's a cultural aspect mm. about not leaving the house and not shout washing your hair <laughs> and <laughs> making sure you eat very specific things. Obviously, mm. you are a mother, so I'm going to pass this over to you. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of that is passed from, you know, the older generations when the times were different, you know, facilities we have at home is different. Like the, it's, uh, there's a common term known as 坐月子, which is sitting the months. If you translate, if this is a literal translation. So back in the days, let's say my grandma's generation, um, they would literally try to stay in bed for a month wow. after giving birth. So, and they have to be ex- extremely careful about like, um, getting a cold mm. or any, just cold air, cold food, and things like that. Mm. But that was mm. a different time. You know, at that time, they didn't have air conditioning, right? There was no heating system. Mm. And most people lived in the countryside, like my grandparents. My grandma, she lived in the countryside, like in a mud house. And there are probably like leaks in the wall so that cold air would drift in. Mm. Um, and at that time, people's diet were mainly just grains and vegetables. So mm. you don't really have a lot of internal heat to keep you going. Um, so they were, they had to be very careful about not to get a cold. And, uh, let's say if you wash your hair in the winter times and you didn't have a blow dryer, I see all of these things we take for granted, mm. <laughs> right? Imagine, mm-hmm. imagine washing your hair, uh, in the winter time mm, with no heater, mm-hmm. no boiler, no hair dryer, no mm-hmm. uh, thick fluffy towels <laughs> and whatever else you use to mm. trap the heat to preserve, you know, your, your heat. So it was at different times now a different time now it's a little different you can go wash your hair right because you have hot water whenever you need it and you can blow dry it off right away mm-hmm. but we do still have the habit of uh, mm-hmm. staying home uh, mostly for the first month after birth and I think maternity leave is around at least three months um, three to four or even longer <laughs>
It's actually, there was a new law passed two days ago, and, and apparently this affects only Beijing and Shanghai specifically, mm-hmm. but maternity leave has been extended to 158 days. Well, that's half a year, right? Which is, is exa- it's exactly mm-hmm. half a year minus half a day. So mm-hmm. uh, for all of our American and Canadian listeners, uh, you might want to ask for more. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, now that the, the birth rate in China fell below mm-hmm. 1%, mm-hmm. they're going to do everything they can. I think even maybe the dads are going to get some uh, maternity leave days. Yeah, I've heard about that. Paternity leave. Paternity leave, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's what they have in Northern Europe, right? A lot of European countries. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because they're just, people are just not having kids. <laughs> like, we all want to enjoy our own lives so much, right? So, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, so they're gonna, giving all kinds of incentives mm. to make people not just have one, but have two and have more. Mm. So, yeah, I think if you want to hold it off, maybe you'll get a better deal. <laughs> in the next few years. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how much time we have for the show, but there is something I want to share with our listeners. Um, can I pivot, as you say, a little bit? Absolutely. Okay, so anyhow, so it's about the cough thing you mentioned earlier. And I have my mm-hmm. own recipe for helping with my daughter's cough. Like it works, it works great for little kids. Yeah, let's hear it. So, I mean, kids cough, especially when they're two, from two to like five or six. Mm-hmm. It's very common, especially if they go to daycare, kindergarten. It's like on and off, on and off. So one thing I learned from my coworker, it's called the um the garlic and cube sugar yeah, yeah. stew. So you know garlic, right? Yeah, and then yeah, there's yeah. a bing kang, mm-hmm. which is, I guess you can call it crystal sugar or cube sugar. It's different from the white... Is it like rock sugar? Ro- exactly. Okay, that's what I'm looking uh. for. It's rock sugar and usually of a slightly darker color. It's not like just white because um, I think it maybe it's made from brown sugar. There are different kinds mm-hmm, of sugar mm-hmm. and they have uh, different kinds of quality um, according to Chinese culture. So for this little dish, it's garlic and rock sugar. And what you do is when your child, let's say um, like she's three, okay, first year in kindergarten starts coughing. Mm-hmm. At the onset of the cough, when you notice as a mom, as a dad, you have the instinct that, oh, I think she might Maybe she's, you know, starting to cough. Um, and then you use this recipe right mm-hmm, away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Take three to four pieces of garlic. You kind of smash them a little, but not like just smash them a little. You don't have to cut them, mm-hmm. you know, in small pieces. And then add a few cube of rock sugar and put it in a little cup mm-hmm. and then put it over boiling water. In Chinese, we say you steam something, right? You steam it, put it in a little bowl. You can cover it if you want. And you steam it for about 15 minutes mm-hmm. or so until the sugar, mm-hmm. the rock sugar melts. So what you're going to get is this golden syrup mm-hmm. that has the fragrance, let's mm-hmm. say, from the garlic, the flavor from the garlic. You might think that it tastes mm-hmm. really yucky, right? Garlic and sugar, but it's actually not that bad. It's mainly just melted rock sugar. Mm-hmm. And you give that syrup after it cools, give it to your kid uh, once in the morning and once at night. And every time that I try this with my daughter, um, she shows signs of improvement about uh, like the next day after taking it three times. So that would be like one and a half day, three times, right? One and a half day later, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. her cough, you know, start to disappear. And you go on, you keep doing that for about two or three days. And then it's like completely gone. Mm-hmm. The thing, it works every time. I've actually heard of this. I've heard of this one, mm. but I want to add sure. a story about my father. Mm-hmm. Firstly, uh, it should be noted that garlic and onions are related. They're very close 
close cousins. Mm-hmm. They're actually uh, only branched off fairly recently, evolutionarily. Mm-hmm. My father had a very similar self-cure that he would do, mm-hmm. where he would uh, take a whole onion mm-hmm. and just peel off one or two layers mm-hmm. and then eat it like an apple. I know really? that's it's brutal. It's, <laughs> I've tried it once in my life. It is brutal. <laughs> and then he would go wrap himself up and sleep in with the heater on mm. all night. And he he claims that within one or two days that he would be a lot better. I don't have the <laughs> stomach to deal with that mm-hmm. like same thing that my father did, but he he swore by it his whole life. And so I think that's very similar because a lot of people say garlic and like you mentioned earlier um, mm. ginger, mm. they're like nature's antibiotics. Exactly. Or, and they have like a very strong medicinal effect. But there are certain kinds of uh, onions that are not as spicy mm-hmm. that you can take, um, that you can eat raw. Um, I mean, this reminds me of, um, Indian diet. Mm, In, like mm. Indian food is packed yeah. with all of these great nutrients, things that, that you probably can't measure scientifically. But you know from experience that, you know, it works. Um, I just want to, you know, add a little bit about that cough remedy that I mentioned. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, one thing very important is that you need to do this early on. Mm. You know, if your, your kid has been coughing for a week and then you try this, mm. it's too mild. Mm. It means that because usually if they have been coughing for a week, it probably has been going down her respiratory system. So, mm. you know, it will move down and to what, what is it called? Bronchitis and yep. then down to bronchial tubes. Yeah. And then it'll the go lungs. down. That's pneumonia. Right. Yeah. And then it'll, it, it'll be harder to treat. And then it's time to go to the hospital. I remember once or twice, like we were, uh, we did just didn't care too much in the beginning. Oh, it's just a cough. And then a week or two later, it just gets worse. And then we have to go to the hospital. And then you have to probably use like, you know, stronger medicine. Mm-hmm. So after that, it was like every time you know, when I hear the first cough, like literally the hair on my head would just like stand up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I can't be lazy about it this time. Got to make this thing, um, the garlic and rock sugar syrup and, you know, taking take it a day or two and then things will be back to normal. And another thing, this doesn't work as well for adults because I think we need stronger medicine. Mm. Um, But for little kids, it works like magic. It's something I want to share with our listeners. For people who may not know or people who just want to hear us talk about it again, um, there are a lot of other kinds of traditional Chinese medicine that we haven't covered. Some things that my wife mm. does. For I'm going to go over them one by one and maybe you can comment on them. One of the things my wife does is she has herself wrapped in like blankets mm-hmm. and they'll like light the blanket, some kind of liquid or something on fire and put it out almost instantaneously. Yes, yes, this is like supposed to increase her chi. Oh. So she goes to a like a traditional Chinese medicine clinic mm-hmm. and they have they start little fires on these blankets and put them out immediately mm. and each one is supposed to be like a burst of energy going into her chi mm. so you apparently based on your the sounds you're making you haven't heard of this one um no lighting up blankets no <laughs> that, that one i know There's, okay another one yeah. she does cupping so obviously this is they take a like mm-hmm. a bubble shaped kind of like a glass enclosure mm. 
-hmm. and they put a little bit of something flammable inside and they light Mm -hmm. it and put it Mm -hmm. the cup on someone's usually Mm -hmm. back is what I've seen but they can be elsewhere too and then they will do this several places all over a person's Mm -hmm. back usually sometimes their shoulders sometimes other places as well right and it creates suction because the the flame Mm -hmm. consumes the air and changes the chemical makeup and then it creates suction and it pulls the skin up and causes like what is it like a hickey kind of I don't I don't know how to describe it on this person's skin it's, it's like sucking the blot out from your skin mm, but it's mm, mm, I think it's working mm. on something else yeah and then you have all these mm-hmm. red pe- well, what is it working on um sometimes I don't know like an extra moisture or something extra in your body that you need to draw mm, out mm. that's my understanding I've never done it but it's it's common mm. sometimes especially in the summertime you know when people are not wearing as much you can see these circular red patches on people's backs mm. or around their necks that means that they've been yeah, yeah, getting yeah. these um, cupping treatments it's it's very common and also something else I want to mention is um, yeah. Tui Na which is uh, just another form of massages mm-hmm. and every time when my daughter was younger she had a cough or a fever you know when she was sick um, besides the garlic and rock sugar uh, recipe we would take her to this massage place mm-hmm. um, and usually it's like a older lady just mm-hmm. in her house um, like a small clinic and it's um, one I guess special set of massages mm-hmm. for treatments mostly for little kids like when she had a cough and first of all they will try to identify is it from too much cold in her system or too much heat mm. and the treatment might be slightly different and I remember every time, uh, my daughter, usually it's like too much heat. She would um, find this place on my daughter's thumb, like at the root of her thumb, where it connects with your forefinger. Mm-hmm. It, you know, your thumb is like a chicken drum. This place, there's a meaty part. Yeah, 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 and they yeah. would rob that place for about 500 times. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's like they find a certain, maybe it's pressure points or some other kind of uh, points. Uh, my wife does this too. She has a little plastic thing that goes over her goes over over yeah you need massage oil and it holds down a pressure point yeah, yeah. Um, and it doesn't work if you just do it like 10 times. Mm-hmm. It's got to be in the hundreds, like mm. maybe starting at 500. Most cases, people use massage oil so that you don't scrape your skin off. For this lady that we go to, uh, she uses, um, mm. was, what is it? Starch? Starch will also do. Mm. It just prevents, kind of protects the your skin. Friction. And yeah. so she does that for like, yeah. you know, 15 minutes. And there's someone, someplace in the back of my daughter's neck. The whole thing takes what? Like 20, 25, less than half an hour. And Every time she had a fever and we go, if we go early enough, now this is early in the, in the whole process. Um, after we go for about two times, like two nights, she'll start to recover. Um, no medicine, like formal medicine needed, no drugs needed. Mm. And then to reinforce the, the treatment, we will go in for mm. two or three more times, maybe. And every time that's it, you know, cause kids get cold like all the time. Mm-hmm. And especially in the winter time, that time, we didn't have to take her to the hospital. Mm-hmm. We did at the beginning once or twice. And then we learned about all this and they work like magic. So we just, you know, make her the garlic thing and take her to the massage lady and make sure she does, you know, she's well protected at night. Her feet won't be sticking out naked <laughs> and, you know, she'll recover. Mm. 
in about two or three days. It's amazing. I also had a kink in my neck. And I, there's a where I used to live in Beijing, there was a traditional Chinese medicine massage parlor. Nice. And I went in there and I, I, I had this pain in my neck for 10 years. Whoa. And I went in. <laughs> yeah, I had fallen on my neck. 10 years? Yeah, I, went, I was doing yoga and I, I oh, collapsed no. in a headstand no, no, in a no. way that hurt my neck. And uh, I, because I didn't have a very good medical insurance in the US, which is a big problem mm. for a lot of people mm. still to this day. Anyways, I was mm. I went to this masseuse and I was like, "This is the problem." And they were I was they were like, "Oh, cool, we'll give you a massage." In my mind, a massage is nice and pleasant. This was not what I was expecting. <laughs> so this gentleman, comfortable, yeah. Well, it wasn't claws. This gentleman, he was bigger than me. He weighed like I don't know, 220, 230 pounds. Came in and I was like, "Okay, cool. This guy's strong. It's gonna feel nice or whatever." And then he just oh my started putting his elbow into my shoulder blade <laughs> and he was pressing with an enormous weight and he used some oil right. and he did the whole area around my left shoulder <laughs> for like, I don't know, an hour. And I thought, this hurts about right. 20 minutes and I was like, when is this going to stop? <laughs> I almost cried because it was so excruciating. Exactly. At the end, he was like, all right, thank you. I was like, cool, bye. And I just <laughs> left, you know, like a dog with his tail tucked between his legs. What happened to me? Anyways, you know that feeling if you haven't gone to the gym for a while and you yeah. go back and you work hard and you're really sore for like five days. Right. It was like that. It mm-hmm. all got all puffy and big and the muscle was like swollen for like, oh, a few days. Mm. And then, but when it healed, the pain was gone. Wow. The, like the neck pain that I had had before <laughs> was gone. And I don't mean it was gone for a month. It was gone. Wow. But it was, it was a very excruciating <laughs> process. <laughs> I can imagine. I mean, for someone, like if we go in for a Chinese massage, mm. um, not in one of those spas, right? Spa mm, places, mm. they just want you to make you feel Relax, good. Yeah. Now these, they're, they're, there's a different term. The term in Chinese is not massage. Uh, massage is amour. It's like mm. you press and you touch. That's like the two Chinese characters. Mm. But the Chinese massage, like with a medicinal tinge to it, that's a different term. That's tui na. Yeah, you're not going in for comfort, man. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's like some kind of, um, what's the word? Like punishment for what well, you've done something really, really bad. <laughs> okay, I'm not I sure. I know what... the Chinese term. It's like illegal. <laughs> like you're not uh, uh. cruel, some kind of cruel punishment. Cruel I'm, and unusual. In it, maybe. Okay, there's an English term I'm looking for. But anyhow, it hurts, right? But especially they're doing this on specific... Masochism? Points. No, it's like back in the day. Tor- torture? torture? Torture, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was looking for the word uh, torture. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> yeah. But only for those half an hour or, you know, 20 minutes or so. Mm. And because they're doing this on like specific points on your body, mm. they're mm. not just rubbing your muscles. Right. Um, so if you can take that, but that was very tolerant of you not to have. Well, like, I already paid. I wanted my money's worth of torture. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know, in Western countries, they probably, you know, sue them the day after. Say, it's all swollen. You're not. You know, you didn't do this right, but you were patient enough to to wait for a week. There's another one. There's another one called Scraping. Are you familiar with that one? Uh, yeah. Gua Sha. There's a movie made about this, you know? It was made in the U.S. It was rather <laughs> controversial. It was oh, yeah? like um a Chinese family living in the U.S. and their kid has some health problems uh, and they used uh, Gua Sha, so the scraping method that you just mentioned, mm-hmm. because after you do that, just like cupping, there is a, a print 
you know, you, you would see uh, not a scar, but like a red print on your back. If you do this on your back. It looks like an abrasion, a very light abrasion. Yeah. Right. It looks like um, blood has been drawn right onto the mm, top of mm, your skin. Mm, mm. So the, in th- for this Chinese family living in the States, I think somebody called the police and they thought they mm. were mistreating the child. Mm. And of course, when they checked the child's back, gosh, right? Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. it's got these blood red streaks on on her back on his back and the child was taken away but in actually they were just giving him a chinese treatment yeah and it, it doesn't even hurt sometimes it's done on the throat right right on the throat and you can see it, it depends on your condition like i've done mm-hmm. it before because there's too much um we say too much moisture in your body mm-hmm. and it happens to a lot of ladies like if you have too much moisture sometimes you get this rash now when you think of the rash uh you think it's a skin problem right usually people get mm-hmm. ornaments uh, this and that to treat the rash, but it it can be from something internal. It's just reflected. One of the symptoms is a rash. Mm. Um, so I remember doing that once to get rid of extra moisture in internally, and it doesn't even hurt. In the back, like back in the days, what they would do is they would have take a piece of um this thing that they used to scrape. It's like the back of comb. You know, the back of a comb. It's it's got a mm, mm. Mm, smooth curve mm-hmm. to it. And back in the days, they would make that comb like thing from the cow's horn mm. what do you call it yeah it's a horn oh. <laughs> so horn from a cow so, yeah so it's um it's very smooth and um it's it's basically just a piece of like nowadays mm-hmm. they use it they make it with plastic a flat piece of thing and you put some massage oil on wherever that needs to be treated mm. and they just scrape that area back and forth, back and forth, not too strong, um, and just do it for a while. And somehow it draws whatever that needs to be drawn from mm-hmm. inside your body out, um, and, and it helps. Yeah, but then it leaves this um, mm-hmm. uh, red print on your body because you've been sc- scraping mm-hmm. it for you know a long time. Yeah, for people who don't know about these, they they will seem very, very bizarre. I know a lot of people do it, so I don't find it as unusual. The first time I saw it, I was like, what happened to you? But, you know, you get used to it in China. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing I'd like to mention is, you know, obviously covering, like, you know, scientific kind of, you know, modern medicine is too large of a topic to cover in the time we have left. But I just want to mention just clinics, just like if you have a cold or a flu or, you know, you need a little bit of help with something small, like you've sprained your elbow or whatever, like the cost of a clinic someone mm. in the united states they don't have insurance they go and go to a clinic for something small they have to pay hundreds of dollars or even potentially thousands mm. of dollars so they don't so people have a very small condition wow. might be something that could turn into something bigger it needs it could be prevented mm-hmm. very easily to develop into something worse people just generally don't go if they don't have insurance and even if they do have insurance because of copays and things mm. they will generally avoid right. going to the doctor for small things but mm. in china if you want to go to a clinic sometimes mm-hmm. it can be as cheap as like five quai, yeah, ten quai, which is like a dollar. It doesn't <laughs> cause as much to see mm, the doctor. Mm. That's usually the system here. Like, um, you pay a small fee. It's it's gone up in the past few years. Mm. Maybe in smaller cities, it's more a little bit more expensive mm, here mm. in Beijing, or I imagine in mm. other major cities, like the hospital that I go to for my allergy treatment. Like every, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I've learned my lesson. I go early, so at late August I will go to this. Um, it's a it's a hospital that combines Chinese and Western mm-hmm, medicine. Mm-hmm. Like you get both treatments. That's something wonderful about us. Uh, in China mm. because I don't see Chinese medicine as, you know, Chinese medicine versus 
Western medicine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I see it as Chinese medicine and, and Western yeah. medicine because they tackle, um, they, they, they work from different perspectives mm-hmm. and they can complement mm-hmm. each other, right? So uh, we have some of these hospitals. They, they're, it's a combination of the two. And for myology, I go to the Chinese doctor. Mm-hmm. And when I go in, there is a registration fee, which comes down to about $8. Mm-hmm. So it, it takes $8 to see the doctor. Mm-hmm. You know, you go in and you tell the doctor about what's going on. He will f- feel your pause and ask you a few, a few problems. Um, check out your tongue and things like that and then you know he'll give you a diagnosis and a prescription so then you take that prescription um and then you go get your medicine and then you pay for the Mm. medicine so it's like two parts right Mm. um it's not that expensive to see the doctor it's very affordable the medicine depends some are expensive, some are cheap. So the cost of seeing the doctor is not something that can, you know, that will stop stop us from going to the hospital. This topic, the cost versus U.S. and uh, China, it could be its own topic. And there's no way we're going to be able to cover that today. Right. Actually, I think we're kind of... At mm-hmm. the end of the show, baby, it was so wonderful speaking with you. <laughs> well, you know what? Let's um, let's reserve one for the future, talking about hospitals, Absolutely. like how to go see a doctor, because it's very, very different uh, in the, both systems. Mm. And I hope that um, you know uh, what I've shared today, you know, as a mom, can help other moms, because um, we don't <laughs> want to give our kids too much medicine, right? Uh, that are unnecessary, mm-hmm. and if it's uh, something natural that can help our kids that you know it's more than wonderful well so thank you thank you jason for your patience i've talked a lot (laughs) and thank you our listeners we'll (laughs) see you next time time. bye-bye